Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. Today, Josh Davis and J.R. Church look inside the most mysterious book in the Bible, the book of Revelation. Later this week, we'll learn how secular thought invaded the Christian mind, and we'll learn about the ancient prophecy of the star and the scepter as it is revealed. Our first event for the new year is almost here, February 16th and 17th in the Tampa Bay, Florida area. There you'll find the answer to the question, Is America in Bible Prophecy? Find out from Donald Perkins. The latest details on the march toward a one-world system will be revealed, biblical mysteries will be uncovered, and you'll learn how to have true spiritual victory in the invisible war on the saints. Biblical artifacts from Israel will be on display with an archaeologist ready to answer your questions. Friday and Saturday, February 16th and 17th at Hicks Road Baptist Church. Call 1-800-652-1144 for more information. Or you can simply visit the events page at our website, swrc.com. Tickets for this special event are free, but the seating is limited. So don't be left behind. Register today. 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. And my friends, take Watchmen on the Wall with you by downloading our free mobile app. Visit your app store and type the letters SWRC in the search bar. The SWRC mobile app has hundreds of archived programs as well as the latest program available for you. The SWRC mobile app. Download it today. Now, here is our staff evangelist and today's host, Josh Davis. We're glad to bring back another classic JR Church teaching as part of our Prophecy in the News collection. What we'll share with you today is part of a classic collection called Revealing Revelation. It's a multiple-part series that walks through the last book of the Bible, which is the book of Revelation. And J.R. Church explained many of the mysteries in the book of Revelation in this series of teaching on this final book of prophecy in our Bibles. And he explored many of the beautiful truths that are contained in Revelation. J.R. Church wanted to give Christians a Jewish perspective on this book since the author who was John, the disciple of Jesus, also was a Jewish man. And J.R. Church points out many of the subtle hints that might be lost to readers who do not understand the language and the custom and the historical information of John's background. So in this first clip that you'll hear, J.R. Church explained his theory that the book of Revelation might have been first written in Hebrew and then translated into Greek. Now, it's important to note that no ancient Hebrew manuscripts of Revelation have been discovered to date, but numerous ancient Greek manuscripts survive to this very day. So did John write the book of Revelation in Greek with his notable Hebrew background and influences and and culture and language, much like non-native English speakers might write in English today? Or did John write in Hebrew and then translate it into Greek? interesting questions. J.R. Church explained his theory to begin his classic teaching from the late 1990s 
called Revealing Revelation. As we approach the conclusion of the sixth millennium and the introduction of the seventh millennium, it is most important for Christians to understand the last book of the Bible, the book of the Revelation. Now the scriptures tell us here that John is on the island of Patmos having a vision on the Lord's day. That statement alone, to me, takes us into the future to the seventh millennium. That is the day of the Lord, the seventh millennium. And when he says, for example, in verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave to him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. He was not talking to first century Christianity. He was talking to the seventh millennium Christianity. In other words, to those of us who are approaching the dawning of the seventh millennium, he has a message for us. From this viewpoint, it must shortly come to pass. He said in verse 3, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. My friend, the time was not at hand at the end of the first century. When John wrote from the Isle of Patmos around AD 96, and he sent this letter out to the seven churches, the entire book of the Revelation was not primarily to them. Metaphorically speaking, they were being used as God's way of showing the Lord's day, the seventh millennium. But to those who live at the introduction of the seventh millennium, the time is at hand. And there's a blessing in store for those of us in this day who read it and keep it and hear the words of this prophecy. Down through the past two millennia, people have floundered in this book. They have not understood it. Which means that the book of Revelation was not really written for those in previous centuries. They didn't understand it. It was written for the future generation for that generation which is to come, for the last generation, as we see in the Acharon, the Hebrew, in the Psalm. And in order to understand the book of Revelation, we must understand the Hebrew alphabet, the Hebrew language, and the nature of John's writing this book. To me, the book was originally written in Hebrew. It had to be. There are 22 chapters corresponding to the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Before you can fully understand where we're coming from and why we believe the book of the Revelation the way we do, you need to understand what we've written in this book, The Mystery of the Menorah and the Hebrew Alphabet. We see the menorah in chapter 1, Jesus standing in the midst of the menorah, the seven golden lampstand. And so in this book, we've given you the history of the lampstand and then the last half of the book deals with the letters of the Hebrew alphabet and in particular the book of Revelation. When Jesus says in Revelation chapter 1, I am Alpha and Omega, and he repeats that in the 22nd chapter, I am Alpha and Omega, what he is saying is I am the first and the last letters of the alphabet. But the Alpha and Omega are Greek equivalents of the Hebrew letters. Jesus is really the Aleph and the Tav because the meaning of Aleph can be seen in chapter 1, and the meaning of Tav can be seen in chapter 22. And we explain all of this 
in this book. We did a study on the Hebrew alphabet. We have 28 studies. There are 28 studies called the Mysteries of the Hebrew Alphabet, in which we go through every anomaly, shall we say, in the Bible and show you the meanings of those letters and how they relate to the various parts of the Bible. You need that before you can really understand the book of the Revelation. Now, Revelation says the revealing, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Well, if you really want it revealed to you, you've got to start out with the language it was written in. Now, we don't have a copy of a Revelation in Hebrew. All we have is the Greek. But it is obvious that before the Greek, it had to be in Hebrew. Upon the structure of the menorah and the Hebrew alphabet, you'll be able to see how the book of the Revelation just is, is more glorious than you could have ever imagined before. In particular, Hebrews through Revelation. This, and it's interesting that the book of Hebrews, being the 19th book, is actually the Kof book, that is the Hebrew letter Kof, 19th letter, which refers to cycles of growth and points to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And it's interesting that it's the 19th because we just are concluding the 1900s. So this takes us right to that date. Up until about a hundred years ago, most theologians knew Hebrew. They studied Hebrew. Hebrew, in fact, was needed in the colleges and universities and seminaries of early America. But no longer are men required to study Hebrew. That's a shame. I agree with Reverend Church. Institutions like Harvard and Yale began as ministry training centers that relied heavily upon the biblical languages and giving students an understanding of that to undergird their understanding of God's Word. How far we have strayed away from that founding in America. Sadly, some critics of the Bible take studying the biblical languages more seriously than those who love this blessed book. There are some wonderful free tools available online today that will help those who love the Bible gain knowledge about the original languages in ways that's easy to understand. We encourage you to avail yourself of those wonderful resources. In this next clip from Revealing Revelation, J.R. Church taught more about the Greek letter Alpha, the first letter of the Greek alphabet, and the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which is Aleph. And he relates that to the first chapter of the book of Revelation. So as we look at the book of Revelation, let us keep the Hebrew letters in mind. Let's take Aleph, for example, for that is the letter of chapter 1. The Aleph stands for the Creator and the King. We see Jesus Christ here as the King, as Creator. He says, for example, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. He is God the Creator. He is the King of the universe. And we can see this in the Hebrew flavoring of the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Now, as we look at chapter 1 and the whole 22 chapters of the book of Revelation. We want you to see Jesus Christ in all of his majesty and glory. We feel that this is the time in history for God's people to really get an in-depth study of the book of Revelation. 
So this is not going to be a surface rendering. Now, the menorah, since Jesus here is standing in the midst of the menorah, this is the revealing of Jesus Christ in all of his Shekinah, the Shekinah glory. We see him as John turns to hear the one talking with him. And being turned, he sees in the midst of seven candlesticks, one likened to the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. And this is a marvelous description of Christ, unlike anything uh, ever seen about him before. This is the glorified Christ. Uh, this is the Christ who is coming back in Revelation chapter 19. And he is seen here in chapter 1 because this is the book of the Revelation. The number seven is crucial in the book of Revelation. The late Reverend J.R. Church explained the significance of the number seven and the ties that he saw to the seven-stemmed golden candlestick in the tabernacle, also known as the menorah. In fact, J.R. Church wrote a book called The Mystery of the Menorah and the Hebrew Alphabet. I'll share more about that resource in just a moment. First, let's hear again from J.R. Church as he explained his theory on the sevens and the menorah. So let's look briefly at the seven lamps of the menorah. We have the center lamp that stands above. We have three on either side turned facing the center lamp. So the center lamp is called the servant lamp, the shamish. And our sun is also called by the same root Hebrew word, the shamish because it is that flame of fire up there that stands in the, as the center of the universe and revolving around it are the lamps called the planets. And Flavius Josephus, Jewish historian of the first century, in giving the description of the menorah from the book of Exodus, from the law of Moses, he says that these seven lamps represent the seven wanderers through the heaven, the sun, the moon, and the planets. And so we can see this heavenly design. It's kind of interesting to me that the iron, which stands for the eye, is also pictured as the sun, a flame of fire. And here we have that same reference to it when it says his eyes are as a flame of fire. Now, the interesting thing about this is that Jesus is standing in the middle. That's on the servant lamp. He is the servant lamp. And he is the light of the world as the servant lamp. But it's kind of interesting that in these seven lamps, we don't have a one through seven exactly. We have a one, a four, and a seven. And the seven is a one, and the one is a seven, or whichever way you look at it. Mm -hmm. And they both relate to number four. So we have the numbers one, four, and seven all relate to the same subject. It's kind of interesting that the first lamp always refers to the same subject as the seventh lamp. The second lamp always refers to the same subject as the sixth lamp. The third lamp always refers to the same subject as the fifth lamp. So in this menorah design, in all the sevens of the Bible, every seven found in this book right here has a menorah design. And the fourth of any seven in the Bible is the one that gives the light, provides the light to understand the others. We're listening to a classic teaching from the Reverend J.R. Church called Revealing Revelation. This is a multi-part series and we have a three-disc 
DVD video version of this and a four-disc audio CD version of this collection available at swrc.com. That's swrc.com. You can also order this collection by calling us at 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Again, the title of this is Revealing Revelation. Now, Reverend Church wrote extensively about these concepts in the book, The Mystery of the Menorah and the Hebrew Alphabet. We still have a select number of the 1993 first edition of this book available at swrc.com or by calling 1-800-652-1144. The title of that book, again, is The Mystery of the Menorah and the Hebrew Alphabet. And I just want to remind you, when you purchase any resource from SWRC, you're enabling us to continue to share God's Word in many different ways. Thank you so much for your partnership with us in the ministry. Now let's return to J.R. Church and his classic teaching, Revealing Revelation. In this next clip, Reverend Church explained the significance of the Hebrew letter Aleph as it relates to the menorah. In the last chapter of the book of Daniel, God told Daniel to shut up the book and seal the words of the prophecy until the end time, in which time, he said, knowledge shall be increased. And I think that's where we are today. We approach the conclusion of the sixth millennium and the introduction of the seventh millennium. And let me say this. There are a lot of people who know the Bible, but they do not know Hebrew, the original language of the Old Testament. And because of that, they don't really quite understand Judaism. And over the centuries, you know, the rabbis have not been willing to come forward with information for Christians. They just soon we go away somewhere, you know. But in these days, our ministry has began to uncover the Jewishness of our roots. And I want you to see the book of Revelation from the Jewish perspective. John was a Jew. Now, in our book, The Mystery of the Menorah and the Hebrew Alphabet, we go through the 22 chapters of the book of Revelation, and we actually show how each chapter follows the meaning of each successive letter of the alphabet. So let's just take a brief run through this, shall we? In Revelation chapter 1, we have the Aleph chapter. That's the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. According to the rabbis, the Aleph symbolizes, quote, one and only the eternal, the omnipotent God. Well, in chapter 1, we see Jesus as the eternal, omnipotent God. He says so in verse 8. He says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, which is to come, the Almighty. There's the Aleph. Now, let's look at the Tav. That's chapter 22 of Revelation. Mm -hmm. And the letter Tav refers to truth. Reverend J.R. Church went on to argue that the book of Revelation not only has an alphabetic design, it also follows the pattern of some of the high holy days of Israel. Are there some of the feasts seen in the outline of the book of Revelation? Reverend Church explained his theory in this manner. The book of Revelation not only has an alphabetic design, but it has a design that conforms with the Hebrew Jewish holy days. Well, the book of Revelation is written around the autumn season festivals, the high holy days, Rosh Hashanah with the, the Feast of Trumpets, and Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement when the high priest enters into the Holy of Holies. And the Holy of Holies is typical of, prophetically typical of, 
the throne of God, the Ark of the Covenant being the throne. And so we are entering beyond the veil when we get to chapter 4. And when we get there, we see God sitting upon his throne with the scroll in his hand. And that's Rosh Hashanah. Typically, down through the centuries, the Jews believe that on that day, God sits down upon his throne of judgment and takes the books and begins to open them and judge the world. Interesting thoughts from Reverend J.R. Church. J.R. was perhaps best known for founding the Prophecy in the News Ministry, which is now a gospel partner with SWRC. And that's how we can bring you this classic teaching from the Prophecy in the News Ministry. We're also excited to have the Prophecy in the News magazine back in print for over a year now. We encourage you to pick up a subscription for yourself or someone you love or even someone you don't like so much by visiting prophecyinthenews.com or by calling 1-800-652-1144. Now, not only did J.R. Church see many parallels between the Hebrew language and the book of Revelation, he also observed numerous parallels between the Gospel of John and the book of Revelation, both penned by the same human author, John, and also inspired by the same Holy Spirit. In this clip, Reverend Church explored some of these powerful parallels between the Gospel of John and the book of Revelation. Now, in the Gospel of John, John writes, and he's the author of both the Gospel of John and the book of Revelation. John writes his Gospel about the Lamb. He opens in chapter 1 of John's Gospel with, Behold the Lamb, which taketh away the sin of the world. And it is written in conjunction with the Passover. The entire 21 chapters of the Gospel of John conform to the Passover liturgy. And the 22 chapters of the book of Revelation conform to the liturgy and ceremony and ritual of the High Holy Days, Rosh Hashanah being the one we are looking at here. When those seven angels come out and blow their trumpets, that's Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets. The interesting thing about the Gospel of John is that it represents the first advent of Christ, and the book of Revelation represents his second advent. And this is important to see the first and second comings of our Lord Jesus Christ. In John's Gospel, he is the Lamb that is slain. And in the book of Revelation, he is the Lamb as it had been slain. But the Lamb of Passover is the star of this drama in Revelation. And so John's gospel and Revelation correspond with the lamb being the main character, with Passover in John's gospel, with the high holy days of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur in the book of Revelation. In chapter 2 of John's gospel, Jesus walks in the temple. In chapter 2 of Revelation, he walks in the church and he throws out the money changers out of the temple in John's Gospel, chapter 2. In uh, Revelation, chapter 2, he says, I have somewhat against thee <laughs> to each of these churches. So the message is absolutely corresponds. Just by way of brief review, chapters 6 and 13 of John's Gospel talk about Judas Iscariot, the betrayer. Mm -hmm. And in Revelation, chapter 6 and 13, we talk about the Antichrist, whom Judas Iscariot is a type. And in chapter 19 of John's Gospel, we see Jesus wearing a crown of thorns. In Revelation chapter 19, we see Jesus wearing a golden crown. He is called King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And every other chapter is exactly like that. It's so marvelous.
Isn't the Bible so wonderful? Only God could put together a book so marvelous as this. It's impossible to exhaust its teachings. The gospel message is so simple that even a young child can understand it, and yet it's so profound that students can literally spend a lifetime exploring its depths, yet never reach the end. So too it is for us today. We're just scratching the surface of the content of this series in today's episode. Over the course of this series, Reverend Church spent hours walking through all 22 chapters of Revelation with a special emphasis on the Jewish roots of this last book of the Bible. Now, as a reminder, you can order this classic teaching called Revealing Revelation as a three-disc DVD video set or as a four-disc audio CD set when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or when you visit swrc.com. Again, that's swrc.com. Again, the title is Revealing Revelation. Now, don't forget to visit prophecyinthenews.com to get that subscription to the Prophecy in the News magazine. And don't forget about the book where a lot of these truths are explained in a slightly different angle, The Mystery of the Menorah and the Hebrew Alphabet. As I mentioned earlier, a few first editions from 1993 are still available to be ordered from swrc.com or by calling 1-800-652-1144. Let me leave you with the words of J.R. Church he so often used to close. Keep looking up. Today we are excited to offer Revealing Revelation DVD by J.R. Church. Where is Mystery Babylon? Is it possible to identify the Antichrist? How will the 666 be used to control the people during the tribulation period? This series on the Bible's most mysterious book answers these and other questions. Revealing Revelation is a study in the book of Revelation that reveals key concepts that are necessary for an understanding of what is considered to be the most mystical book in the Bible. Revealing Revelation by J.R. Church is available as a DVD and an audio CD. Order today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order at our website, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Revealing Revelation by J.R. Church. 1-800-652-1144. And remember, friends, when you purchase a book, a DVD, or an audio CD, you are supporting the ministry and the outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries. So thank you, my friends. We appreciate your support. Friends, if you have a prayer need, would you let us pray for you? We consider it an honor to pray with you. Prayer requests come in from all over the country through the mail, on the phone, and now through a special email address, prayer at swrc.com. Or you can always just give us a call, 1-800-652-1144. Tomorrow, Simon Turpin will begin a brand new series showing how secular thought has invaded the Christian mind. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station. 
by downloading our SWRC mobile app, by visiting oneplace.com, or by simply subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners just like you. Please visit our website today, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Thank you.